guys, and welcome to Criminality, the show where we know loving reality, thank goodness, is not a crime because, Rebecca, we would be felons, I am fairly certain. Big trouble. Big, big, big trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. Re- Rebecca, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so funny when you said the tagline because loving reality, the word loving, all I hear is love and all I think of is love is blind. I can't hear the word love now without thinking of love is blind. I mean, that's how deep we're in. We we are pretty deep in it. You finished the reunion, which was a mess. And I feel like after I read comments on Twitter, maybe I and my personal thoughts was too hard on Vanessa Lachey. Maybe she was really great and I just wasn't realizing it. People on Twitter loved her. And I thought maybe oh. this is me. Maybe we're wrong. I thought she had one good moment, but overall I felt like she and Nick did not kind of moderate or control the situation very well. I think we didn't hear enough from some people. We heard too much from others. Like I didn't feel like they were in control of it at all. No, if it felt like at any point Vanessa was ready to like just fight someone. She was just, she yeah. came in there with some beefs. She, she heard <laughs> Jessica Simpson was going to be in the room. She wasn't Ooh. sure. So she was, yeah. it was, she was coming in hot for sure. Yeah. She was, she was lit, but um, yeah, I did watch and um, I guess it's time to move on since it's yeah. all over, but. And we have to wait for like two years. It's so, it's, it's not right what they're doing to us. Um, <laughs> we want, we would demand like an behind the scenes, you know, like I want unplugged. I want I want the stuff we didn't see. The boring. Thank you. Show us those other couples that also got engaged. They might not have been boring, but I with editing, anyone can be exciting, right? Absolutely. Yeah. My cousin told me that she she heard. So this is already trustworthy. My cousin right, right, right. heard from someone. I trust her. That um, I do too. Somewhat um Natalie had another proposal. They just didn't include it because it was too soon and she didn't like him. And we don't and they won't name who, but it's verified. So I'm just like, who was it? I know. So there's so much. Kyle got a nose ring for no apparent reason. And he seemed to be in love with Deep D, which okay, that one makes more sense, right? Then yes. Then Deep D and Shake or Kyle and Shayna. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I felt like the whole the whole lot of them could have used a little little stylist help I don't mean to be mean but it just looked a little there's a lot going on a little rough around the edges yeah lots of capris on the men's side for sure um but I did like that Danielle and Nick said they were in couples therapy so that made me feel more excited about them and their chances of absolutely survival (laughs) getting through each day yeah um no they seemed great yeah um Long live Love is Blind. Long live Love is Blind in 2024. Or you can watch the new yeah. Vanessa and Nick show. Obviously, Nick Lachey, whatever the heck spinoff they're trying to force down our throats. I will not do it. That's going to be a no. I'll do it on the second week. I'll promise I will be involved in that <laughs> very, very quickly. I run out of shows too quickly. It's, it's going to happen. It happens to the best of us. I know. Somebody write this down and let us know whenever you hear us talking about it. Rub this in our faces that we... Said no. It is just a matter of time. (laughs) I am a broken person. So, (laughs) Rebecca, if we went back to the year 2021 on criminality, for me, I was kind of going through a douchebag phase. I covered Brett Mm -hmm. Michaels, Sean Stewart, and the biggest D-bag of them all, Cody Brown, also known on the internet, on Google, as Christine Brown's ex-husband. Thank you, whoever created that. It just feels good. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so then I took a break, though. I covered a hoax, a 90210 star, and even a recent Celebrity Big Brother star. And I enjoyed all of those. But it reminded me (laughs) I really needed to get back to my roots and give the people what they want. (laughs) 
I needed to give them Lala's ex-fiance, a different kind of douche, <laughs> Mr. Randall Emmett. And that's who we're talking oh, about today. The uh, the OG, maybe, of the uh, the douchebags. He's been douching longer than those boys that we've talked about previously have been alive. <laughs> He's been sounded... douching longer than Summer's Eve. He's been around for <laughs> The I'm amount so of time in my life. Oh, yeah, you've got your mug. <laughs> yes, thank you for this. Of course. I'm so happy. Um, I thought Summer's Eve, by the way, this is maybe between just me and you. I don't know. I thought sure. it was a shampoo until I was maybe 18 years old because the commercials. Well, they, they keep it cryptic on purpose, but please tell me you never put it on your head. Did, I don't think so. Unless it was like 99 cents, then I would have bought it because I would have been like, what a steal. But no, I mean, and then whenever I would sing the song back to myself, Summer's Eve brings back freshness every time. I was like, where did I get off thinking that was for sure? And then if you, yeah, if you rewatch with the new understanding of those mother-daughter moments, it's like you can't not. Lots of beachness happening. There's a lot going on there that I I was not prepared for. I love it. Oh, that is my life. So Rand or Randall Emmett comes into our lives on Vanderpump Rules via his fiance Lala. Rebecca, you you're representing Lala pretty hardcore over there. Well, when I think of Lala, I think of a few things, but one of them is um, fully just drinking from a baby bottle and like acting like other people were crazy for not thinking that was a normal yeah. thing. Just yeah. didn't she call it her Baba? I think so. It got worse. I mean, her name is Lala, and she had a Baba like. <laughs> What was it? It was a whole brand. (laughs) (laughs) So Lala, though, had been on Vanderpump Rules for several seasons before we ever even saw Rand. In fact, Mm -hmm. Rand's name was never even mentioned to us for a few seasons. Um, It was mentioned to us for a few seasons before we ever saw his face. And that's because Rand, like unlike other guys on the show, actually had a job. <laughs> so Randall Emmett was born March 25th, 1971 in Miami, Florida. Wait, which part That's of my that? My birthday. Oh yeah, sorry. I didn't even put that together when I was doing it. You no, are... I wouldn't expect you to, but this birthday is really twins. cramping my birthday buddy trio because I love my birthday buddies that are celebrities and this is like he's not part of my club. I'm sorry he has been in the club longer than you have. Uh who else That's are your true. birthday celebrity buddies? Well, you're not going to like one of them. Sarah Jessica Parker. Ugh, right off the bat. Um, Aretha Franklin. Okay, fine. And the author, uh, Flannery O'Connor. So every year I have a little party in my ma- mind with them. Yeah. Two are in heaven, but still. <laughs> Randall can take the place of one of them. Come on. Absolutely not. <laughs> SJP Absolutely and REP. I don't oh. know. I love it. I'm excited for you. Yes, this is great. So like I said, uh, Rand was born in Miami. And while he always had this taste for Hollywood, it would really be a long climb for him to get there. He didn't really have any connections to Hollywood besides one long-distance cousin uh, that you may have heard of, super producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Heard of him? Twice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer is his long-distance cousin. Like, uh, I think it's like his second cousin. I mean, if if you're going to have one, that's, that's a good one to have. Right. And sure, that's a cool connection, and that's a good connection to have, but having a distant cousin you've never actually met... As your connection in Hollywood is about as good as saying that I'm friends with Lindsay Lohan because I once stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. It's really not the same thing. (laughs) But at some point in her youth, Rand's mom and Jerry did hang out together when they were kids living in Detroit. So back to Rand. 
Rand actually participated in lots of plays and theaters growing up, and he, much like you, Rebecca, actually wanted to be an actor. Oh, boy. Birthday buddies and actor hopes and dreams. Injured spirits. You're meant to be. (laughs) And so he must have actually had some talent because he actually earned a full scholarship for acting to Delphi University in Long Island. But it didn't take him long to realize that acting probably wasn't for him. He decided that he really wanted to work behind the scenes in production. And so instead of staying at Delphi, he decided to go to, by the way, this is, I had to Google this again because this college name, which you're going to be familiar with, kind of blew my mind. It's called the City College of the City University of New York in Harlem for film school. Yeah, we call it Cooney. Oh, okay, okay. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Nobody ever would like say all, spell all that out, but it's our city university of New York. It's kind of like our university of California system. It's like our city public university system. Okay. Our state university system is called SUNY. SUNY and CUNY. Okay. Okay. But this really still wasn't a very good fit for him. So he ends up Hmm. transferring. So he's in, he's at the college, but he was in the uh, acting department and he Mm -hmm. decided to transfer to the visual arts department and graduated in 1994. So He gets his first taste in movies, though, before he ever graduates. He actually works as a PA on the movie The Hard Way with Michael J. Fox and LL Cool J. Cool. I'm not familiar with it. Never heard of it, but... Me either. Those are two names, Those guys, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he said he was actually given a walkie-talkie at this job, and he took it so seriously that he actually slept with it in his bed at night, which... That's endearing. I mean, I like someone who takes their first, like... Me too. Seriously. There's a lot of really sweet moments in here with him, but don't forget the summer's eve of it all with this guy. I will not. So he said when he was in film school, that part of it, everyone wanted to be a director, but he wasn't interested in doing this. He really enjoyed the other side of it, which was taking the money and budgeting things. And that's going to come up again a little bit later. He was just on taking the money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So Rand says, while he's in film school, these other students are just blowing through their budgets for their projects, but he's able to get things done for a really good price, and he was really good at negotiating this these projects from the very beginning. And so during his time in col- uh, college, he ends up working with seniors who have these big senior projects, and every weekend he was working with them to help get their with their budgets to get their projects done. And he was charging them, or he was basically saying for $5,000, I can take care of all of this for you. So he was getting, uh, he was getting the actors, he was getting lighting, he was getting everything that they needed. And so he eventually creates 14 films in film school this way. Again, he's wow. just kind of, he actually starts off working very, very hard. I mean, he yeah. he's putting in the time, I definitely think. So for his senior thesis, he decided to take on really a monumental task. He wanted to create a feature film, which was really ambitious, obviously. So he ends up making the film Eyes Beyond Seeing in 1995 for $76,000. And to make a feature film that's worth a crap for such little money, he worked so hard to get the budgeting, you know, the best price for this film. He has the crew stay at the college in the dorms. And they mm-hmm. shoot for four weeks long. He calls the local news to come, you know, see it. And he actually would eventually sell this movie for domestic release to UPN. And so he literally sold his first uh, feature film. Feature film, wow. Yeah. I know, like, I as I was doing this, I'm like, oh, man, I wish Rebecca would have done this one because you know this world so much better than I do. Do I? Um, well, I know the sarcasm of it, um, but that's 
That's what I'm bringing you here today. I know Cooney and Suni. Okay. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> All right. You're still ahead of me. Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what we'll it see. was. <laughs> so here's where it starts to get more fun. So after graduation, he's ready to move to LA and really start his life in film production. And that's when his mom finally uses her phone a friend and calls old cousin Jerry to try and get a little bit of help. And so Rand says he has this call with Jerry, um, sort of cousin Jerry, and Jerry asked him, hey, what do you want to do in the business? And Rand said he wanted to be a producer. And Jerry said to him, quote, people will tell you what you do best. Instead of you deciding what you do best, people will tell you. You'll find your thing. Which I actually think is, I don't know if that's advice, but he's just basically saying keep with what you want to do and not what other right. people tell you. right. Um, so I thought, hey, if you're going to have a cousin and have one phone call with them, that's the one to do something, right? Yeah. So at this point, Rand moves to LA and he begins working as a development intern for his cousin, Jerry. So at this point, the cousin thing really did pay off. So he says while he's working there, he's able to go into the editing room of Bad Boys back in 1995. Yeah. And so he realizes he basically wants to become the next Michael Bay, not realizing it's going to take a lot to get mm -hmm. to become Michael Bay, the good or the bad of that. Um, <laughs> but something else happened whenever he moved out to L.A. He met a new friend. Do you have any idea who this friend was, Rebecca? His mm. new friend, they became best friends. Already? We're, are we up? Lauren already? Lauren oh, Lala? No, 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 no. Okay. I, was I don't like, even know if she was a already. twinkle in her parents' eye at that point. Right. I'm like, this seems way premature. <laughs> no, I have no idea who he linked up with. I'm so excited. He met someone, you may have heard of him, Mark Wahlberg of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch fame. That guy, those two became best friends. I didn't see that one coming. You'll see it a little bit more. I didn't see it either, but it's going to make a little bit more sense. So the two become okay. films. Make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's not go that far. I'm not performing any miracles here. But they become friends over their love of film, which makes sense, right? Like that's what they're both doing. So to me, I was like, that's actually yeah. not that exciting um, that they bonded over that. Eventually, though he's kind of tired of working with Jerry. I shouldn't say tired, but he wants to move on to something else. And he eventually gets a letter of recommendation from Aaron Spelling. Do not ask me how those two ended up knowing each other. I looked for the link there. I don't know exactly what it is. But like, that's a big deal, right? If Aaron Spelling writes you a Huge. letter of recommendation. The, the weight of that. Yeah. Also love the worlds colliding here. Very yeah, good. It was, it was a little exciting. And this is something he talks about in this book where they kind of interviewed a ton of producers. I will uh, link that in the show notes. But there's like a ton of information in there, which was way more than I thought I would ever That's awesome. have on the biography of Randall. Rand. <laughs> I know. So Aaron gives him this letter of recommendation and says, hey, you know what you need to do? You should work at an agency. You are going to learn the ins and outs and th of things that you're just not going to know if you go out there on your own right away. And so Rand's kind of like, I don't want to work in an office, but if Aaron Spell Spelling tells you to do something, you do it. So he decides that's what he's going to do. He's going to work with an agency. So he uses this letter of recommendation to land a job as an assistant for talent agent Nick Stein. Okay. After this, though, he eventually becomes an assistant for Mark. Why wear my pants whenever I can wear my Calvin's Wahlberg? Well, I mean, I have, an answer. <laughs> I have a suggestion. <laughs> I've seen the ads. <laughs> I know. I was Googling it. And I'm like, what else do I remember? And I looked at the ads. And I'm like, oh, I remember the ads. 
And Rand would end up being his assistant for two years, all the way up through Mark's breakthrough in Boogie Nights. Wow, wait, but the friendship predated him predated being the assistant? Mm-hmm. Or that's how they met? Okay, so they're friends and then he assisted. Interesting. Yes. And if you're thinking, Melissa, this sounds familiar. Didn't Mark have an entire HBO series chronicling him and his friends hitting it big in Hollywood? You'd be correct. And now you're thinking of Entourage. That was that show with that guy from the movie with Bangs McGee, right? And if you're like, hmm, was one of the characters based off Rand? I'd say, does a turtle have its shell? And by that, I mean Rand was, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Yes. So were you an Entourage fan? Or do you have like a, I have an overall idea. I know I've of watched seasons of it, not the whole thing religiously. Um, a very good friend of mine from high school was in it. So oh. I have like a vested, you know, curiosity about it. Now that you're showing me this, I see it. And I, and now that I'm thinking of turtle, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Right. But it had never occurred to me and I'd never read that. Or heard I mean, that. where would we ever put that together? But it is a, a wild fact to me, right? It, it blew it, my mind. It's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like a lot of credibility almost. Like, do you think, was it formally in the likeness of him and his crew? Or like, is there like attachment to the project or not really? Yes and no. So he says that the character of Turtle was based on basically three different assistants. So it's not just Rand, but people basically are like, that's the same person. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's wild. So Rand would was saying like even, you know, other people in the story, the relationships weren't the same. Of course it's going to be dramatized. It, you know, it was it was a series on HBO. Yeah. But just the idea of him being Turtle, who I didn't know a lot about, but I knew who Turtle was in Entourage, right? Yeah. Yeah. This just makes me so happy. Yeah, I almost want to like revisit it with this new lens of thinking of Marky Mark in the mix as well. Wait, is he in the mix? Marky Mark is He's, the guy. Yes. Ben's McGee's it, brother. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's his wow. name? Adrian Grenier? Because I feel yes. bad calling him Bangs McGee. Adrian Grenier. Grenier. Yeah. Oh, I can't do it. And I in the show, don't they come from Queens? And Marky Mark's story is like Boston. Like, yeah. This is all making a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. But Marky okay. Mark had some stuff happen in Boston. So I think he tried to like change a few more things in sure, sure, the sure. story to lead yeah. people off creative, of that. Artist, artistic. <laughs> yeah. Creative changes. Yes. Much like these two. So I, I loved this connection. So after working for Mark, he works for him for two years. Mark's star starts rising and he finds himself jobless. He he stopped working with Mark and he's looking for really his next big thing. He's been tricked by numerous investors at this time saying that they were going to help fund his projects and never getting anything that he was promised. And so eventually he mm-hmm. meets this guy named George Furla and this guy George agrees to fund his first feature in L.A., And George eventually goes on to becoming his producing partner, and they still work together to this day. Um, They they founded Emmett Furla, which eventually became Emmett Furla Oasis after an investor joined the group. So Oasis was like, add us us to the end. We just need to be here. Interesting. So from here on out, Randall Rand is really making bank. And should I say making bank at my age? Absolutely not. But here we are. Speaking of things you should not do at my age, or Rand Randall's there, uh, Rand eventually meets 
and marries a beautiful actress named Amber, with a Y, Childers. Yes. The couple were married in 2009 when Amber was just 20. And he, how old would that have made him? I think he was like 40, 30. What year did they marry? Because he's 71. Oh, gosh. 2009. So, okay. You can do that math. 39? 30, 40. Yeah, he was like 40. Okay, 40. so it's not yeah. it's not as big of an age gap as I'm thinking now. Well, 20 and 40 is, I mean, life stage wise, that's true, significantly true. different. Yeah. So the two were married in 2009 and they eventually divorced in 2017. They have two kids together and seem to be pretty happy while they were together. And you may know Amber from her role on uh, Ray Donovan. And she was also in You, where she played Candace Stone. Maybe just the Lifetime version, because You started on Lifetime, and then it got sold to Netflix the second. Okay, this is what some website told me. Yes, yes. Season one, big time. Remember that. Didn't realize it was her until you said it, but yes. Okay. Okay, so- as a resident YA expert, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This his uh, yes. bride, right? <laughs> so while Amber and Rand separated in 2016, Amber officially filed for divorce after seeing Rand making out with VPR's own Lauren Elise Burningham. I'm sorry, Lala Kent. <laughs> Lauren Elise Burningham. I mean, come on. I feel like I was being nice to them in this picture. She looks so lovingly at him, doesn't she? It's kind of bizarre. And rather than telling you about the love story of how Rand and uh, Lala met, I'll let her tell you. Uh, While there are no curse words in this, conversation is a little PG-13. So if you have little ears and you don't want to explain things today, uh, maybe fast forward about 45 seconds. To ask me if I was an actress, I told them to go to my Instagram account. Today, I get a phone call that says, you have an audition. That's crazy. I had auditioned for it, and we went out, me and him, and like two of my friends, and I let him hit it the first night, and we were inseparable. He would just send me like really expensive gifts. The first night we banged, I got a car the next day. He was like, do you want a Range Rover? I was like, yeah. There's been a lot of times where I'm like, come to a hotel. Well, Stassi was never more relatable than in that moment. I know. <laughs> she was all of us. I know. It, it's just a lot of information to hear at one time that I don't know that you asked for in that moment, but it all it all came out, right? And so Lala's yeah. an adult. She can do whatever she wants, but the issue here is the timeline. So friends, yeah. right, on Vanderpump Rules, they were constantly saying, well, Lala, you're the other woman, and he's married, and she wasn't mentioning this guy, which also made it very, like, Big Papa from Real Housewives of Atlanta, where, like, Kim always had this guy, but you never saw him because he was married. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the the inference you get in this, right? And while you're thinking, why would the man behind such hits as Righteous Kill, Today You Die, Day of the Dead, Streets of Blood real family-friendly movies want to ever become, you know, be a regular on Vanderpump Rules. We aren't totally sure, but Lala without a love interest isn't really that interesting. She's on reality TV. We need the drama. But Rebecca, also, it could be the money. Rand is a huge poker player. Did you know that about him? I think I've heard little whispers of this. Yeah, it's not where he lost his money, but I just found it interesting to see Lala on his arm going to poker tournaments. Um, mm-hmm. But Rand's formula for making these movies that he was making 
is to get a big name associated with the project, right? So sure. he'll have like Bruce Willis stars in today, 40 people die on whatever. Like it doesn't make any sense. The movies are just like whatever, but then you see Bruce Willis and you think, well, it's maybe legit. It's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's something. And of course, they aren't all great, but I will give credit where credit is due and say Rand's responsible for movies like Heist, Lone Survivor, which to me was like the biggest one, and the movie responsible for pairing Denise Richards and Charlie Sheen, which was Good Advice. Did you ever see wow. Good Advice? No. I actually really liked that movie. I don't know if I was just younger and therefore... And maybe didn't know as much as you know now about Charlie I Sheen. I watched it more when they were like... They were a new couple, I think, when I watched it. Okay. I didn't watch it. Um, I can't watch anything with him anymore. It's like I no. know too much. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. So either way, though, Rand jumped into our TVs in season eight of Vanderpump Rules. He was oh. listed as a guest the first season. Uh, he was on, and by nine, he was a series regular. And while we all love reality TV, when you see someone who's had this huge career in Hollywood, he's worked with Mark Wahlberg a thousand times and all kinds of people, it's kind of weird to see him on a show with somebody singing about being good as gold, Sheena Shea, <laughs> if mm -hmm. you will. It's a little wild. Mm -hmm. Feels like a step down. Yeah. How did you <laughs> feel about Rand being on Vanderpump Rules? You know, it's funny. It feels like so long ago that he was introduced. So my like lasting impression, of course, is what's most recently going sure. on, which I know we're going to get to. Mm -hmm. But right before that, unfortunately, he had this small redemptive arc and I like, he was starting to become winsome and like, maybe it's just cause he was there for so long that I just finally like accepted him as part of, as part of it. But, um, I think he went from like swarmy, gross old guy to like kind of reliable Rand and like sort of the voice of reason in Lala's world and in all of their worlds. Like he, I don't know, like he and Lisa played like the mother father figures yeah. I didn't hate him, I guess, is what I'm saying. I know. I was the same way. I fully expect to be like, oh, this guy. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I kind of like him. It was very yeah. confusing, right? Very, yeah. Very confusing. This is the second time I've heard you call him winsome, and it's getting a little upsetting. I, Remember, it, I, yeah, I, I have I a text message where you <laughs> called him winsome, and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Wow, Melissa, way to show the receipts to everybody. Okay, I have not I forgotten I... that because I think I wrote it back to you in all capital letters to make sure we were talking about the same person. Okay, yeah. You have to I trust mean, me on this I guess one. it's all relative, right? Like, let's consider the spectrum on where he is. Sure, yes. sure. No, I mean, as with all of these people, like, I'm prepared to take things back at any moment. And he is obviously one of those people. Mm hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and. All right. <laughs> we'll keep going. Thank you. So now, though, Rand and Lala's relationship is out there in the public eye. Mm -hmm. We're finally seeing them together, how they interact, how he seems to be pretty like a good uh, presence for her, a good uh, person in her life, we think. Um, and Rand is still out there making deals. And suddenly, though, it's April 2019. And that's when a text thread was posted to the internet. And it was a text thread that would change my entire life forever. And while that may seem dramatic, <laughs> my life is not very exciting. So let me have this. And I'll explain what it is after we take a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsors. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. 
Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out, and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my Factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get Factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So this post that I'm referring to is an Instagram post from 50 Cent regarding his friend Randall Emmett. Rebecca, where were you when 50 posted this? I don't remember where I was, but it might have been Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember this happening? Like as it oh was happening? Oh my gosh. The flood of it happening and then everything around it happening. And I'm like, wait, there's a public like beef happening between 50 and Rand. Like, like so good. what could be like, what could we concoct better than that? Truly there was nothing better. It was one of the best weekends of my life. And I say mm-hmm. that without any sarcasm whatsoever. It was, I was just living for, I was living for it. So if you're thinking like, what do Randall and 50 really have? Like, what is this whole thing, right? 
So they actually worked together on a TV show called Power that aired on Stars for seven seasons. 50 oh, wow. Cent was, yeah, 50 Cent was one of the creators and producers on Power. And apparently, and I'm not sure how this happened, and I can't find anything that says exactly how this happened. At one point, Rand borrows a million dollars from 50 Cent. So that's this whole beef, right? Sure. And 50 tries to help him pay this back by actually having him get a producer spot on power. So that's not how they met. They had a past before. I mean, they worked together before. And then he was like, hey, you can't pay me. I'm going to get you this job on the show I'm working on. And you can pay me from that, right? That's fair. That's generous. Very. Someone willing to work with you. And so this wasn't like two weeks he was owing this money. He yeah. was owing this money over several years, and he was supposed to pay 50 cent back, which yeah. at this point you're like, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that when 50 cent sees Lala on Bravo, he's more than a little upset hearing sure. all the things Rand is gifting her. Like, mm-hmm. what was it? The Range Rover? Yeah. They're taking PJs everywhere. Gucci reservations. Slides. Yeah, reservations at Nobu on Sunday like Shake. They're just busy, right? But back to the gram as Lala ends up calling it that weekend, which was one of the more upsetting things in this fight. (laughs) Instagram, you can call it the entire word, I promise. So 50 Cent posts on Instagram that weekend how Rand hasn't (laughs) paid him back this million dollars that he owes. And as we know from all these like court cases with celebrities, they don't air all of the behind the scenes stuff. So to hear that somebody owes a million dollars is a huge deal. Yeah. This is me trying to help you guys relive it if if you don't remember or you weren't a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a simpler time, let's be honest. (laughs) And because 50 is nothing if he doesn't love drama, he begins posting screenshots of their personal text. Here, let me read one to you. This is from Randall. I'm sorry again. I really am. I said I'm sorry, Fofty. I'm heading to the emergency room. I'm not doing well. Please don't text me anymore. I'm sorry for everything. This is too much for me. I'm so hurt and not feeling well. Please, 50, no more. (laughs) I said I'm sorry, Fofty. That's my favorite line ever. Well, you you know the typo came because he is and his and and look from one fat thumbed person to another. (laughs) If mine have difficulty, I can only imagine his like trying to get those words out fast, right? And like, and then we all like bear witness. To the world's most embarrassing typo. It's like too good. What did we do to deserve it? I know. And I love that it ends with please 50 no more. And 50 is just, 50 is not having it. So at this point, Twitter is a buzz. Everyone Mm -hmm. is waiting for what happens next. Mm -hmm. Lala tries to get involved, which is really weird. Um, But 50 does not stop. And eventually we get that, I, um, sorry, 50, I'm sorry, 50 text, which <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> My line here says, where were you when 50 was created? We've talked about that. But like, it's, just ask yourself that there today, uh, everyone. We'll have to post that on the gram. Yes, where were you where when 50 when was created? So it's simply the best autocorrect fail of the millennium. It's why mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs did not give us a better system to type things often to have these kind of fails right so after that rand writes you know that he's going to the emergency room he's not doing well but 50 cent he ain't buying it even (laughs) 
Even after Rand sends this photo of himself, he sent this photo to tell 50 Cent that he was having heart issues, which I got to be honest with you, if you know 50 Cent is possibly posting your text messages, that is not one thing you want to show to the world. It's But it is. Is I he mean, winsome? He, no. Is this winsome, Rebecca? Is, no, that is not the word that comes to mind, but I think he's desperate. And I think he like is trying to garner some sympathy and some like, okay, guys, like take it easy on this Ram. Is serious. Yeah. He, he's got ET patches all over him. He does. But the thing is, he he looks more like he's posing for something. Like he's like, oh, how did these get here? I he doesn't like look he bothered. doesn't look right. It's, <laughs> it's true. He, he doesn't look upset. You'd think if you're gonna go through all this effort, you'd be like. I should cry or something. Yeah, but yeah. No, he's like, he's got a nice rosy complexion. Yeah, he's yeah. He looks like he's kind of smiling. It's really kind of bizarre. So at this point, we find out that Rand has sent two hundred fifty thousand dollars to Fifty, but that is not enough. And Fifty repi- replies with quote, "F you, Randall. I want all my money Monday. F that. If he ain't got it, he can put his Rolls Royce on the truck to New York." That it's probably in regards to uh, something Lala has said. And then he followed it up with, quote, you're not going to die before Monday. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. LOL. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's like also trying to get I mean, not that Rand tried, but like being in a text fight out loud, like you're never going to win against 50. This He's no. like, it's too brilliant. It's too good. He's 50 Cent is the same man who bought out all the front row tickets to a Ja Rule concert. So whenever he came out, no one was sitting in the first two rows. <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's a genius. I love it. He's some he's kind a of petty. And a genius. I love it. <laughs> so at this point, 50 gives a deadline of money by Monday, mm-hmm. which I'm wearing my money by <sighs> Monday. That's a part of this. this is, yeah. For me, it's the money by Monday. Yeah. We're getting really, uh, we're well branded for this episode. Yes, we are. One more time. I love, I love the, I'm sorry, Fofty. I'm sorry. That's just maybe my favorite thing. So it comes it in, in sometimes and then it there goes it away. I said, I'm sorry, Fofty. <laughs> okay. So he has his deadline, money by Monday. I've never been more nervous for a deadline that has absolutely nothing to do with me or my right. family or my well-being, I was nervous. Yeah. And so we all wondered, would 50 get his money by Monday? And whether or not he would, 50 actually did really well that weekend. He sold 10,000 shirts on Sunday alone of I'm sorry, Fofty. F- or he sold 10,000. That is like he already made so much money that weekend. <laughs> I love it. And then money by Monday came. And the Instagram post was made. 50 shares his text exchange with uh, Rand that ends with, just got the wire. I got my money, so I have no problem with Randall Emmett. In fact, I'm wishing him and his family a very blessed day. (laughs) Positive vibes now, guys. (laughs) Wow. I mean, and just like that, money by Monday. That's, that's, and just like that should have been for this situation. And just like that. Forget Sex in the City. This is where yes, it is. This is where it's appropriate. And just like that, money by Monday. And also, and just like that, 50 shuts it down. Like, okay, everybody, business as usual. There's no beef. There's no bad will. Like, yeah. Happy for bless, them. Blessed day. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He got his money it. by Monday. I but love it, it is great. He's like, I don't, I'm not, I have no problems with him. He paid me my money. Let's move on. Right. That's what this was about. But like, yeah. 
did he have that liquid cash available? Is he like hard up now? Like, I actually don't like what happened. How did he get the money? Did he always have it? Let's we know. But Rand wasn't done with his money troubles. In fact, this was just the first peak that we had that something could be wrong, right? Okay. If you owed 50 cent a million dollars for several years, as you were saying, and he's having you get a job to get it back, who else do you owe money to? Mm -hmm. So this goes back in time just a little bit to 2013, when Emmett and Furla allegedly misrepresented the amount of debt that they owed to investors so that they would be able to reduce the residual deposits that are required by major guilds. So here's my understanding. Basically, they estimated that this movie, Broken City, uh, would make around $28 million in international pre-sales. And this film stars Russell Crowe, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Marky Mark again. But it's 2013. Like, those are big names, but it's not the same as 2000, right? But when only $11 million is actually made... The film's investor, Nemesis Finance, they go into panic mode. And so I can't pretend to fully understand this, but the reason the finance company company ever took this on is they were guaranteed, of course, that they could recoup this money You're right. easily. And so Randall and George even said, you know, we can write personal notes to wow. promise this, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, they misrepresented what they actually owed to other people, which meant they were able to secure this loan. So they didn't have the money to actually do that. They still owed other people other money. So, of course, the loan would have never been approved had they been honest. Sure. So this is a huge deal. And the attorneys working on this suit recognized that maybe this wasn't the first time they had done that. And so in 2016, the settlement is reached course Hollywood we don't know what the terms of it was but it felt very tender swindler to me as I was reading about this in the sense that Randall allegedly may have been robbing Peter to pay Paul mm-hmm. with some of these film deals it's also very made off <laughs> yeah and and it feels very like so much of this comes up in 2020 and we learned this with Erica Jane and yeah. Tom Girardi that like when the world ends you don't have these things going and you can't keep paying back this person with this mm-hmm. person's money. And so that's yeah. kind of, that sounds to me like what was happening here. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So Rand's problems though, don't really end there. As I mentioned, he had divorced Amber. They have these two kids. And of course there's going to be a custody agreement. There's going to yeah. be payments in this. So in April of 2020, he and Lala had planned to get married, but COVID. But in October of 2021, Rand actually brings Amber to court to change the terms of their child support. So according to Rand, he's paying $5,250 in monthly support for his two kids. That's it? But he also has to have this account, this uh, bank account open with $50,000 in it. And so every month it has to be up at a total of $50,000. So Amber could spend all $50,000 on things associated with the kids that are non-tuition expenses, but he has to make sure it has $50,000 at the end of the month. So it's a lot more. That's a ton more. I was thinking $5,200 sounded way too low for two kids in Beverly Hills or wherever they were. Yeah. Um, and for what they're worth and what he makes and the lifestyles. But um, wait, that sounds like impossible to keep up with. <laughs> like, I know. I, I'm wondering how he got in this situation because yeah. I guess maybe at some point he thought this money will never end up, you know, go away and I'm doing so well, but that's yeah. a lot. Whew. And so Rand is saying here, 
I owe $500,000 to the IRS. I have several loans to production companies. And he also said that Amber, quote, spins more akin to a contestant of The Price is Right than a devoted mother, end quote. Oh, boy. A little dig there. Mm Mm-hmm. So Rand also said, quote, I only produced one movie in 2020 as opposed okay. to several in normal years. Fair. I mean. So, but, yeah. His income's changed, right? Sure. And his liquidity, he's got issues with that. And he's saying, basically, I don't know when that's going to change with COVID. Things can be shut down right. at any point. And they were being shut down all the yeah. time. And so he's saying, I don't know. Even the projects I have lined up, I don't know if those are going to fall through. And so Amber's attorney responds and says, hey, that's all good and all, but like, can you show us proof that you actually have these debts? Because Rand is saying he's paying $15,000 a month to the IRS, as well as $10,000 a month to American Express. So, and then having to keep that at $50,000, I mean, that is, that's a lot. I I just don't even understand how that, how the judge made that pick that number and thought that was like sustainable and and viable yeah i don't i don't know either it must have been based on on something and he also must have she must have had a great lawyer and he must have done something really terrible i.e like we know what he did and Mm -hmm. so i think he probably wasn't fighting so hard yeah probably but who so the couple of course end up settling out of court which is what rand needs to hope happens with lala Uh um (laughs) because the two didn't get married in 2020 because of covid But ultimately, they never got married, and rumors flew around that Rand had cheated on Lala basically immediately after having their daughter, Ocean. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see what kind of settlement she gets there, but I'm pretty sure Ocean does not have a $50,000 a month checking account available to her. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. So, and Rand really isn't out of hot water yet. Back in October 2021... 8,200 Cardinal Associates, which was the company Randall and George in it rented office space from, they actually filed a lawsuit against Randall and George for breach of the lease. So Randall and George began leasing this, you heard this, third floor in this building for $17,000 a month. According to the company, in 2021, they stopped making payments, yeah. no doubt, despite having this lease agreement to uh, June 2021. So the landlord ends up suing Rand and the company for $281,000 in unpaid rent and also asked for $55,000 for the remaining months and then $336,000 in damages. That's like more than what he actually owed. I'm always like, are you just throw like spaghetti, like just throwing it at a wall? Let's see what happens. I think so. I think it sounds like it. It's quite a bit, right? So in January of 22, which was just two months ago, Randy goes back in court, and this time he's countersuing his landlords. He claims that these uh, landlords didn't follow COVID safety protocols. And so when the building shut down in March of 2020, he couldn't access the office for months. Um, He also said from August 2020 to February 2021, the elevators weren't even working, so they like really had a hard time moving their stuff out. But he also accused them of misplacing checks, including two checks from the Ohio State Treasurer for $2.2 million each and a check from the Georgia State Treasurer for $180,000. And he said this cost him $200,000 in default interest. What is happening there? Why Why is Ohio State Treasurer sending Rand checks for $2.2 million? What and am I Georgia, missing? What, yeah, are they, are, they must be like if you sh- like shot Shoot somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah. And strange. Convenient. <laughs> maybe those checks got 
lost. Lost. Yeah. And he doesn't seem great at like proving his like, um, you know, having the paper trail of like receipts. So I but Fofty does. So if he got yeah. involved, maybe we know. he'd help him. <laughs> we know that to be true. So if you're thinking, well, if nothing else, at least this guy can dry his tears with the bread from his Randall Emmett production sandwich from the something about her sandwich shop. Actually, according to the owner of Sandy's and Schwartz, the second worst named restaurant that I've named mm-hmm. in the last minute, Randall's no longer an investor. And Katie and Ariana are still looking for other investors in their restaurant. Well, they need to tighten their pitch. It looks like Rand really wasn't the number one guy in the group. <laughs> and that's all I have. <laughs> no, he wasn't. When that all fizzled, he's like, yeah, I'm going to maybe not invest in your stupid sandwich shop. Yeah. <laughs> Something about her. Oh, wow. He has a lot of financial things to sort out. And I would think... Like the custody or not, yeah, the custody and the child support stuff with Lala and Ocean will be pretty top of the priority list, I would think. Oh, absolutely. Because she is turning into Tori Spelling 2.0, which if you Google her name, every day is a new story, right? Mm -hmm. She's selling them like crazy. But that shouldn't surprise us because look at the clip we watched, right? She told Stassi everything from day one and now she's telling us everything that she knew all along. I mean, it's gotten bizarre to the things that she's sharing. It's so, it's too soon in my opinion. It's just, it's just a weird strategy. And I understand he is terrible and did a terrible, terrible thing right. to her at, at like a vulnerable time. Um, but like, she's now saying his ex-wife was the best thing that had ever happened to him. I know. Which is just weird considering her role in their relationship. Like I know. It's, it's confusing. Confusing is a great word for it. I also saw an article this week where she was dancing to a 50 cent song at the Super Bowl, which is okay. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's a lot. It reminds me like, okay, if this happened to Stevie Nicks, we would hear about it in her biography 30 years later. Um, But this is like, why do I need to know this a week after you broke up and all these terrible things? And it's just a lot. It it is. And, you know, she didn't make any qualms about how they met. Right. It almost seemed like a movie the way it started off, right? Like, I feel like we've seen movies with that being the entire plot. Um, So it's, I don't know, it's it's not super surprising how it's gone. It's also interesting because she made very public what I think a lot of people work very hard to keep confidential and quiet about how they get parts in movies. Oh yeah. And like about how Hollywood really works. And that mm-hmm. fact that she just kind of owned it and said it is both like, well, I'll just stick with confusing. It's a lot, but I mean, I feel bad for the kids obviously involved in this <sighs> because, and he was saying to like bankruptcy court and, or I'm sorry, to uh, child support and stuff like, Hey, if I don't have money, no one else in this family's working. I don't know if Amber has a job, but he's saying that she doesn't. I'm the only one providing. So if you want to say that I'm defaulting on this, then I can't give anything. I'm going to go bankrupt paying this $50,000 fee every month if I can't mm-hmm. pay the IRS and I can't pay these. Yeah, sure. It's just like- I just feel like there's a lot of money being played around here and like a lot of bills, a lot of bills. Yeah. It makes me really stressed thinking about his um, finances. I know. So Rebecca, thanks for going on that journey. Oh my gosh. That was really, really fun. And just real quick, I'm like not quite yeah, ready to leave no, yet. No, go ahead. Um, like, 
what did you think of that scene? It was fairly recent, the, the sandwich shop pitch to Emmett. I thought if you're going to ask somebody for more than $100,000, you really need to know what you're doing and talking about and have some the idea that they're like, we don't want to have punny names for it. And this is a serious feminist shop and stuff. It's a little That's confusing fine. for, but it's a little confusing if you're just like, um, I, I don't know. The yeah, whole they thing, didn't that have confusing. like, yes, they didn't have a vision to back up this more like cryptic name, which I think would have been easy to do if they were like, and here's a mood word to kind of show you what we mean. Just overall, I think you're right. Like, asking for that much money and just sitting there and being so casual about it. They, they really like, I mean, who knows, maybe the whole scene was just a big sure. manipulated setup for the show right? and they knew they were going to get it. And they knew he was going to say yes. But I also just was like, how are we supposed to think this guy's like a real big time producer when he was like, Oh, I love it. Very yeah. cool. Like, Oh, interesting. Great yeah. name. Um, so I'm actually glad to hear his um, pedigree, if you will. I mean, he, legitimately has a career in Hollywood. It, totally. I never was quite sure of that all through the show. If he just like did a couple things that if he was like a hanger on her kind of guy who like does just enough to be on the periphery, a turtle, he has, if like, you will. a turtle, if you will. Um, but there's enough there that like, you know, he's like a person in Hollywood. Oh, for sure. For he's sure. not doing the worst of everybody. He's not doing the best, but like he's in the mix. Yeah. For so sure. that's interesting. I am interested to see what all, what all happens between them, between Lala and, and ran. I know she's like working really hard to launch, not launch, but like keep her brands going and make some money. Lala. Yeah. Oh. She needs more bottles for another year or so for Ugh. the baby, not her. Oh, but. okay. <laughs> Good one. So Rebecca, I want to ask you, what is it that you've been watching this week? I don't think we've touched in about shows off mic. No, we haven't. And I've watched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to like, think about what I would choose to share with the group. Sure, I get it. <laughs> um, as you know, that, that quandary, but, um, I'm going to go with this and okay. if you've, you've seen anything for it yet, we definitely haven't talked about it, but, um, Netflix, okay. mother, daughter, mystery. Okay. So it's a scripted, uh, like drama. Is it the new Tony Collette? Mm -hmm. oh, you're just, so good oh you're I so I good. honestly read the description 15 minutes ago um I want to oh watch it like I knew I had seen something with Tony Collette and wanted to go back yeah to it, but I just didn't it just didn't pop up on my like force you to watch preview yet I haven't yep. seen it yeah it's, tell uh, me about it it's it's called pieces of her which is akin to something about her um sandwich shop oh yes um so Netflix says a woman pieces together her mother's dark past after a violent attack in their small town brings hidden threats and deadly secrets to light. So okay. it starts, yeah, very much in the action. I won't say what the um, what she uncovers, but basically this major tragedy happens early on in the first episode, and it it unravels kind of this life the mother, Tony Collette, had tried to build, and so her 30-year-old daughter starts poking around. Ooh. History ensues. I, I sort of thought Tony Collette was going to be the daughter and it was an older mom, but I forget no. Tony Collette is older old now. to be a mom and have oh, an yeah. older daughter. This is a lot. It's a lot to take in. This is a lot. She's got a 30-year-old daughter in the in the show. And um that actress you might know. It's um yeah, you would know her. Bella Heathcote. I don't think so. She looks familiar. What has she been in? I feel like it's Wyatt. vampire or something. 
exactly it's really good I'm enjoying it it's different from everything else I'm watching it was in like a very like love is blind summer house kind of place I'm watching right. summer house in reverse going love it so backwards much. in time but literally sequentially but backwards mm-hmm. and I feel like I have more commentary on that than I do pieces of her but it's also because I didn't finish pieces of her and I don't want to give spoilers but um sure well acted if you want a drama and like a series to binge right I do recommend Oh, nice. What are you okay. watching? Well, what do you think of Summer House? I'm going to look up my thing. Well, it's the most bizarre thing because I started watching the most recent season first. And right. I, so I'm I'm new to Summer House, which is weird. And I had no idea it had been on as long as it had. Yeah. So I'm watching like the Carl and Lindsay drama unfold, but backwards because I know they're together like this minute. But then right. I'm seeing these episodes from like season six where they first start thinking about it. But then I know mm-hmm. there's even more before that. So it's really kind of a head trip to watch it backwards. And the Hannah and Luke story makes so much more sense seeing the summer that they met, like oh, based yeah, on yeah, yeah. the one after reaction. When she looks so crazy and she really kind of was unhinged. But I saw him more in like I feel like I got the bigger, fuller picture. Right. It's not like he was blowing her off. Right. It's not like she was pursuing him and he wasn't interested. No, it wasn't all in her head. Mm -hmm. He kind of made it seem like it was, but maybe that was the more recent exchange between them. But anyway, I don't know why that show is so dang watchable. It it really is. It's, I started it probably in season three, like as it was going on. So I watched either three or four and then I did the same thing you did Went and back. started going back yeah. to season and watching but did it you like go to that. one and then two and three mm-hmm. or did you go back no you I went backwards literally yeah, yeah, yeah. okay because mm-hmm. okay. I heard that, that the first season wasn't insane. great so I was like all right could, I'll just yeah. keep going yeah and it was a little confusing at times but do you know who else Carl dated on the cast do you have that history I think well I've just heard but I haven't seen it is Danielle yeah, they never show it, but it's like just a oh, thing that they dated. It's just a years thing ago. they know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would never have guessed that. So now no. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's made out with most of them. Literally all dated of them. a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just met Jules. Yeah, you can forget her. I mean, not in a mean way, yeah. but like she's just not yeah. there very long. She seemed a little too young. I mean, I don't know if she was the same age as um Amanda and Paige, but she just seemed younger. Yeah, she I felt bad for her. I think she got like yeah. not a great um edit on there at all and they just Mm-mm. I don't know they just they didn't, didn't know what to really do with her connect yeah yeah it's yeah. kind of like the guy that eats turkey beef ground beef all the time or turkey, yeah ground turkey ground they turkey. don't know what to do with him Alex. and he's just yeah there yeah yeah okay well yeah I'm always loving summer house so that's a good one um and I want to I want to check out the Tony Collette one it's good I gotta I gotta get into like a new drama that would be good it's a good one all right Rebecca here are my clues okay Mine's not on the air anymore, so let me just give that as a freebie. Okay. It's not a current show. Okay. okay. FX. Okay. Zach Galifianakis <gasps> and Louis Anderson. Baskets. Have you heard of Baskets? Never. Oh, I think. Really? Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Here we go. How do Baskets. you know these shows that I've, like, never heard of? I don't know exactly. Well, actually, you my friend Haley, deep. she researched um, our show. We have a lot of shows we like in common and, like, a different podcast and so she knows all these like hidden gem kind of things so yeah. let me read the description so chip baskets okay. so that's zach galifianakis over there has always dreamed okay. of being a classically trained clown after flunking out oh, of no. french clown college he moves home to bakersfield california where he moves in with his mother christine and bickers with his twin brother dale now that sounds boring 
Um, but it's so good. So it's this family dynamic kind of thing. But Louis Anderson plays the mother, Christine, and he is a genius as Christine. He, you believe he is Christine Baskets the entire time. Wow. He won um, an Emmy for his role. I mean, he's just, he embodies her, just his mannerisms. He said he played it like his own mother. Oh my and gosh. You never think that's Louis Anderson. You think I, that's Christine Baskets the entire time. This is wild. And it doesn't sound boring to me. It sounds weirdly specific. And I like very really quirky, specific setups. Yeah. So I'm intrigued. It is so funny, Rebecca. Like there, it, there's a lot of heart to it. There's a trauma aspect okay. but it's quirky funny he like uh chip the first episode he gets in a minor wreck which isn't like a spoiler and becomes friends with his insurance salesman through costco the lady that is the like adjuster <laughs> yeah. and he's friend like she's just there the rest of the time there's no oh real gosh. you know she's just there and she's so deadpan and just um, Martha, I can't remember what her last name is, but she she's a genius in the show. She she was actually friends with Zach, and he was like, "You have to be in the show with me." I wrote this part for you, and she was never an actress. What a she, dream! She did oh my gosh, and just so it's cool, hilarious. She's somebody that never wants to upset people. She gets bitten by a snake once, <laughs> and then gets bit a second time, and apologizes for yelling about getting bit by a snake. Just delightful but it's so different than anything I've ever watched but I like it's a comfort show for me that I just I enjoy the characters so much it's 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 really great I will definitely give that one a try where um do you watch it now you can watch it on Hulu oh good um, yeah Perfect. so all the seasons are on there I think I'm in the third season at this point but there's oh man it's so it's just so good and nobody really knows about it so all right. So yes, definitely check that one out. If you haven't, if you've seen it, please tell me because I just, I can't Baskets. get enough of that show. Yeah. So yeah. Didn't, didn't see that one coming. No, I've been waiting to say this one. I kept like, but I kept watching more exciting things and I wanted <laughs> yeah. to share it like as they were happening. Now I'm I like, nothing's it. going on on TV. Baskets it is. Good to know. Rebecca, would you like to give us three clues for the episode in two weeks? Yeah. Okay. I've got three clues for you. All right. Friends. Okay. Palmetto. It's P-A-L-M-E-T-T-O. Thank you. And Michael. I don't remotely have an idea. This was a really hard one to do clues for because they're either just dead giveaways or I had to go a little obscure and be broad. So okay. sorry. That's but okay. Get them. I'm so impressed when people guess our episodes. It's so wild to me. Yeah. It, I'm like totally confused. And they're like, oh yeah, this, 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 and this. I would have thrown in this yeah. clue. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. So um, yeah, friends, Palmetto and Michael. And it's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. About it. Awesome. Well, then we will see you guys back in two weeks. Uh, in the meantime, you can check Rebecca out on her weekly podcast dialogue, which has new episodes each Wednesday. Yes. And Melissa, you can always hear on Moms and Murder, which is every Tuesday. So that's two days of the week. You get us when we're not doing criminality, which is great. And you can follow us here at Criminality Show on all the social media platforms, on the gram, as Melissa loves for us to say, and um, on YouTube, where we have a lot of fun 
showing our um, backgrounds and our props and our visual aids, if you will. Yes. So um, yeah, give us a follow and we can't wait to see you in two weeks. Have a great two weeks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.